and welcome to the Seeing Deep Podcast, where we see deep in a shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. Last week, we began discussing this hope that Christ has for us, which I call Hope Reinvented. This hope is so very different than the world's idea of hope. Having heavenly hopes does not mean we do not see some of our earthly hopes fulfilled, but those hopes pale in comparison to the hope Christ has for us. Today we are picking up at point number three of this hope reinvented. If you feel there is no way to restore your hope again, you are in the right place. As we continue our discussion on restoring our hearts, hoping again in a hopeless world, the scripture for this week's episode is taken from 1 Peter 1, verses 3-6. through Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's so much in that passage that we could unpack. I think the thing that stands out to me the most is that God has kept our salvation securely, that we can be born again into a living hope. Our hope is alive. And if it doesn't feel like that to you today, just hang on. There are so many amazing promises in this passage. Our hope in Christ is undeserved, but lavishly given by our God of incredible mercy and grace. And our hope in Him never fades or dies. Last week, we saw that this hope isn't tied to anything in this world and explored what this hope is. We began with reinventing our hope by seeing that our hope in Christ is anchored in God's Word and grace. Picking up with number three, hope reinvented is supernatural. Romans 8 verses 18 through 25 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Now I can hear some of you saying, uh, patience. (laughs) If you've ever been told, don't pray for patience, You know, people who say that, I I understand, and I actually kind of felt that way at one point, because if you ask the Lord for patience, He will be faithful to answer that. Um, But our flesh doesn't like it. But you know, God is so faithful to help us and teach us 
to wait on Him. Did you catch the profound truth in that passage? While we hope our hopes on this earth will be satisfied, God's hope is that the circumstances of life will rid us of the sin that decays our lives and will lead us to the one real hope. God's hope for us cannot be easily defined or explained. Our concept of hope is so much smaller. It is dependent upon what we see and know, but God's hope is formed in another place that trumps the here and now. In the most painful season of my life, my hope initially was just for my sorrows and struggles to end. Have you ever been there? But then God changed me and my hope became a hope that I would be faithful to God throughout it all. That God would be glorified in our mess, that my children would not lose their faith, that somebody, anybody, would be helped by the testimony God was weaving in my life. His hope is supernatural, miraculous. His hope changes hearts and meets our needs better than any temporary hope in this world ever could. Suddenly, the pain that paralyzed us is transformed into a contentment and trust when victory seems unlikely. And God meets our needs in that place of hurt. God's hope provided when we were out of work and money. God's hope gave favor when it seemed we had lost. God's hope didn't make sense because a hope that is supernatural is not of this world. We are not of this world, friends. Our hope is not tied to the success or failure of our hope. Our God's hope never fails. Point number four, hope reinvented is living and eternal. Psalm 71.14 says, But as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. Proverbs 23.8 says, There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. Hebrews 11.1 says, Faith is the assurance of things you have hoped for, the absolute conviction that there are realities you've never seen. God did not just leave us with a hope for the future. His hope is living. When it seems our hope is dead, there is an abiding hope for those who are willing to seek it out and access it. We see this world and the hope this world offers as reality, but the spiritual reality of eternal hope trumps any gain we would have in this speck of time. John Piper talks about the superior pleasure of the hope we have in Christ that will far outweigh any pleasure we have now. Think of that. We cannot lose the hope we have in Christ, and His hope is certain. Number five, hope reinvented does not depend upon our circumstances. Romans 5 verse 5 says, And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Philippians 4.11, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in any circumstance. This is possibly one of the most critical things I learned as I discovered this hope in Christ. You see, when the world says the chips are down, all hope is lost, and religion says to try and earn our hope by being good enough or having enough faith, God says our hope never depended on anything this world provides. Hear that again. Our hope never depended on anything this world provides. Then our hopes can't be let down, right? It might not feel like that, I know, because we have grown accustomed to listening to the demands of our flesh. How can we let go of this superficial means of hope that requires we get what we want, when we want it, from this life? Well, sometimes we need a little help. 
something to wake us up from the preoccupation of trying to make our hope happen. God has to get our attention. Number six, hope reinvented is formed in the fire. Romans 12 verse 12 says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Before the most painful trial of my life, I I had hope. I loved God. But now, oh now, I love and know my God in a much deeper way. My hope has drastically changed Affliction has a way of purging the dross from our lives. Like a silversmith who heats up the flames to purify his silver, it is the trials of life that purify us and bring us back to our original hope, God himself. Yes, it is in the fire that this new hope is formed. This is a problem for a girl like me who just wanted to be kept safe. But life is not safe. Troubles and pain abound. When I was saved at age 19, I thought that would make me safe. I waited for marriage, married a Christian man, still played it safe. I told the Lord I was going to keep my children safe. I told that to my former husband, too. Only problem is, in this fallen world, there is no safe. There is only faith. Trying to imagine my future apart from God's grace is not faith at all. You see, if God had told me that my safe life would fall apart— that the father of my children was secretly harming them, that I would have a miscarriage and be diagnosed with multiple autoimmune diseases, I would never have wanted those things to happen in my safe world. Sometimes the greatest pain of our lives actually becomes our greatest deliverance and a testimony of what God can do with the messes we try to avoid. The fruit of the pain I never wanted produced in me a deeper faith and compassion for others, a deeper understanding of God and His precious promises, the fruit of the pain I never wanted produced in me, a deeper faith and compassion for others, a deeper understanding of God and His precious promises. I still have times when I fear and try to make my world safe, but God has turned those moments into a testimony. Isaiah 26.3 says, You keep completely safe the people who maintain their faith, for they trust in you. Being safe is not our salvation. Jesus is. It is in our pain that we discover our need of hope. When we are focused on self, we can't see the hope God has for us. Number seven, hope reinvented is focused on God, not self. Ephesians 2.12 says, In those days you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. This precious hope that we cling to, it is fragile if focused on self, but it is so very hard to take the focus off of ourself. We feel our need for hope so deeply. How do we take the focus off of self and place our hope in God's hands? By understanding our identity in Christ and what we were made for. This is not our home. It is a temporary station where we struggle to see clearly and search to find this eternal hope. In summary, the secret to hope is having it in the right place. You know, a lot of times people will say they're just, they've lost their hope. Well, what is hope? You know, a lot of times we're wanting to hope in hope. But if our hope is in Christ, we have a firm hope. As we explore this hope in Christ, we will notice that we want to have our cake and eat it too. We cannot pretend to hope in God while still clinging to the hope we had. 
We have to let go of our hope and place it instead in His hands, trusting Him to do with it what seems best. What about those hopes we have that we mentioned earlier for a godly marriage and children, a peaceful life, provision? What about the pain points in our lives? Is it wrong to hope for these blessings and for the removal of pain? Absolutely not. But coveting blessings or feeling entitled to them above God's will in our lives is not a grateful, surrendered life. The problem of placing our hope in any institution set up by man is that it will be flawed. Our marriages represent a beautiful example to the world of Christ's love for His bride, the Church. But they can also be a place where our character is forged as iron sharpens iron. Hoping for a perfect marriage is not a bad hope, but a better hope is that our marriage will glorify God. As we seek to honor Him, He heals marriages in amazing ways. Sometimes marriages have to come to an end, but even that can be an opportunity to turn our shame into something that glorifies God. Hoping for a perfect church is not a bad hope, but the church consists entirely of fallen people, redeemed by God. When we hope for church to be perfect, Satan seeks to divide and conquer. Staying where we are planted and being a source of hope when people's flesh tries to make a mess of things makes the church the lighthouse it was supposed to be. Broken sometimes, but beautiful. Every hope we ever had in relationships, finances, health, these hopes pale to the superior hope that God has in store for those who believe in Him. God wants to fulfill the longing of our souls, especially when it is in line with His will. And when people's sin causes us pain, whether in our homes, workplace, or church, or in any relationships, we understand this is not the hand of God, but fallen individuals who are capable of hurting our hope. But they cannot steal it when it is placed in Christ, and we cannot blame others when we too are guilty. For those afraid to trust God's hope for us, this verse will give you some encouragement. Hope reinvented is for all who prove faithful and who are willing to trust God with their hope. Job 11, verses 13 through 20 says, As for you, if you prove faithful, and if you stretch out your hands toward him, if iniquity is in your hand, put it far away, and do not let evil reside in your tents. For then you will lift up your face without blemish, you will be securely established and will not fear. For you will forget your trouble, you will remember it like water that has flowed away, and life will be brighter than the noonday. Though there be darkness, it will be like the morning, and you will be secure because there is hope. You will be protected and will take your rest in safety. My prayer is that in listening today, you got more than just a dose of hope, but a healing for your souls. Having our hopes in the wrong places brought affliction to our souls, but seeing where our, so- where, but seeing where our hope is supposed to be helps us to walk victoriously in Christ. You've been listening to the Seeing Deep podcast where we dive into the Word of God for the answers to life's problems.